If I told you in the summertime, like say, I don't know, July-ish, that Clay Thompson was going to return sooner than Zion Williamson, what would you have said to me? I didn't say it. Can we? I didn't say this. <laughs> Next segment? Next question? Um, who? We got any more questions? What's up, guys? Welcome to the Laced Up Podcast. Are we being trolled right now, Mike? What the fuck? Can I walk off right now? <laughs> don't deserve LeBron James, all right? It's insane. And you deserve exactly what happened to Chicago over the past decade. <laughs> so how'd you and your ex-girlfriend break that? <laughs> Bro! <laughs> Kidding! Was it because you were bad at basketball? <laughs> yeah. Yes! You guys like my uh, picture of Maya? My brother got asked me. For oh, I forgot. Christmas. We got a new haircut. That's what I wanted to talk That's about. That's fire. Me? I haven't got a haircut in like freaking oh, two months. Well, you got a new style. It looks like a completely Yo, new cut. Yo, honestly, Corzemba, bro, like, I yeah. think it's time that you cut your hair, bro. Like, you got to cut your hair. Like, people, like. We have differing opinions immediately on whether or not to cut. I mean, like, long hair on a mic, I just don't agree with it. Can you grow yeah. a beard? No, I can't. Honestly, this is as, as good as I can do. I don't. I, I mean, have you tried? Close. I don't know. Yes, I see. The thing is, because I have, um, I, my brother's a redhead. I have blue eyes and lighter hair. I have the recessive redhead genetic, like a gene, and so I like have the chance to have a kid that's redheaded. And also, when my facial hair grows in, it grows in reddish. So like, I would have to dye my beard to be able to like actually have. Him. That'd be kind of hard. I mean, red beard, I, you know, yeah, that's, that's different. Like, do I go the other wait, way? I don't go like I don't go brown. Like I don't go my hair color. I just go full red. Yeah, just screw uh, it. That, uh, yeah, I would. I think you could rock a red beard. Have you tried how? Like, have you just tried letting it go? I, for, like, I tried weeks? rocking a red beard, bro. You know, like different is in. Have you seen like what are those guys called? The Island Boys? Like different is in, bro. Like you can bang from being different. And you know, you the need, next, if you want to. If you want to take it a step further, you'd get a face tattoo. All right, I have a fiance. Um, I don't. I don't need to be different. <laughs> um, I, I wear sweatpants everywhere. Anyway, uh, so, but <laughs> so we uh, so we talking Clay Thompson. We want to talk um, <laughs> Clay Thompson's potential return against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Coop, you want to lead us off as the man with the. Mil the about three million combined <laughs> yeah. views on Clay alone. No, 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 no. I'm gonna let you take it because I saw your last ones at like 500k. So I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you run with this one. So, well, I don't. I don't have any like anger Clay Thompson video, so I shouldn't be allowed to talk. You should never be allowed to talk. <laughs> but no, I'm joking. That was, that was wow. Mean. I'm sorry. That was that was kind of <laughs> that, that was mean. That was definitely a little mean. I don't know why where that came from. Long day yesterday. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's fine. So, like, when Clay Thompson did this, like, he did the little, like, six thing with his hand. So, is it, like, a confirmed thing that he's returning against the Cleveland Cavaliers? Because I know what I know what's crazy about it is he said he's returning, like, if he does return against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Apparently, Steve Kerr said that he's going to start right away. Like, he's not coming off the bench. He's just straight up going to start immediately. 
off of a torn ACL and torn Achilles. That's kind of like intense, don't you guys think? Well, I think okay. I'm Ooh, sorry. sorry. Sorry, Mr. Three Mil. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, what is this? <laughs> no, we're just happy for your success. I'll say, I'll say, you know, they've been, you know, treating Clay with kid gloves. You know, the Golden State Warriors are probably the organization I trust the most in the entire NBA at this point in terms of player management. They've just been, you know, nailing move after move. They've done it in the past. They crush it. Um, you know, Clay has been hurt twice. That's always going to be, no matter what you do, if you suffer those two injuries, no matter what happens, no matter if you're 100% healthy, no matter what anyone says, you know, those are two injuries that are on the, you know, your body suffered and there is a chance of re-injury. There's a chance at something, you know, you like, there's so many NBA players try so hard to come back and they spend so many hours and then they get hurt again. But with Clay, I really do love the way that the Warriors handled all of this. I love that. You know, you watching Clay, you know, warm up. You could see he's ready to play. Um, you know, Tom, our editor, shout out Tom, texted me the other day about something with Clay warming up. And I was like, Clay looks like he could play right now at this very second. I think the Warriors have just waited until Clay was ready to go because I think they're, you know, they've been, you know, having Clay, they, instead of the normal, like put him on the bench, let him get ready, whatever. They've just been doing that in practices and stuff. And they're just, you know, throwing him into the fire because they know. They need Clay to win a championship, probably. I don't know if they actually need Clay to win a championship at this point. Probably, yeah. But altogether, I don't know if they technically need him. So uh, to add on to what you said a little bit, I saw somewhere that like the injuries are not compounded at this point. Like they are fully healed, and like you said, he's ready to go. And so the report about him returning from Woj is that there's optimism Golden State Warriors guard Klay Thompson will make his debut versus the Cleveland Cavaliers on Sunday. But a final decision is expected to be made once the Warriors return from a two-game trip on Friday. So there is a chance that we may see Klay this Sunday, but it's not definitely concrete yet. Um, Coop, what uh, I'm, I remember like one time when we were evaluating Clay, you looked at his leg and you're like, his legs don't really look that good. Have you been paying attention to that? No, I haven't. I haven't. I mean, actually, yeah, I mean, I haven't. But I think that's a good thing. I think that's because he's progressed so far, so far along and so fast that, you know, it's not even a talking point any, anymore. Like, um, yeah, he's definitely way ahead of me when it comes to Achilles tear return, because I'm telling you, man. I'm six months out, and I don't know if I'm ever going to see a court again. That's how I feel. So, you know, oh, kudos to that. Clay for... No, bro, I'm serious. It's bad, man. Like, it still hurts when I walk. You know, the therapy is tough. I mean, it's we can't overstate what Clay is doing returning from this. We've seen Achilles tears completely... Achilles tears, like, just completely derail careers. So, you know, just major props. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that's what got him was an Achilles tear. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's literally like that's the thing with uh, some of these. This is kind of a sidetrack, but some guys like, you know, Johnny Flynn or something, you know, you always hear him like, oh, he was like Steph Curry got drafted ahead of him. Of course, Johnny Flynn was not going to be better than Steph in all likelihood. However, um, you know, he was also hurt and you just never really hear it. Sometimes guys just get hurt and just fall by the wayside, I feel like. But um, yeah, so for what anyone, uh, you know, that didn't see that other pod, Coop also has had an Achilles tear and he looked at Clay Thompson like when he was like very early in his recovery, right during the summer. 
and there was just like a lack of muscle on that one leg correct yeah it was it was bad it was it was really bad i mean but you know so basically that would be you know he had a lot of work to do at that point especially with the chance of re-injury because if one of your legs has muscle and the other leg it you know it throws your whole body out of whack of course but it's good to hear clay's doing well um coop just a question for you bro if I told you in the summertime, like, say, I don't know, July-ish, that Clay Thompson was going to return sooner than Zion Williamson, what would you have said to me? I didn't say it. Can we? I didn't say this. <laughs> Next segment? Next question? <laughs> uh, who? We got any more questions? The Pelicans are actually scaring me right now. I'm going to be honest with you because uh, Brandon Ingram actually missed a few games due to Achilles soreness. And this past game he returned, he was three of 17, three of 18, somewhere in that range. And he just looks, I don't know, he looked off. He, he wasn't explosive. He wasn't, you know, the typical Brandon Ingram that I grew to love. And before, this is for anybody watching the podcast. If you have Achilles soreness, go to a physical therapist, go to your physician. Don't play around with it. You know, I when I when I had Achilles soreness, I just started wearing a bunch of different shoes and I was like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll get over it. And, you know, years later, I, I, I end up tearing my Achilles. So I really hope the Pelicans are managing B.I.'s Achilles the right way. And I mean, I, I you know, I understand they're trying to make the plan, but I don't really think there's much for the Pelicans to be playing for right now. As much as I want them to make the play in long term health always reigns supreme. So, yeah, don't play with Achilles soreness or tendonitis. Do you think they should consider shutting down Zion for the rest of the season and possibly B.I. or, or at least resting B.I. for a little bit, not shutting him down? Oh, man, for the rest of the season? so that's a tough one because it's like, where are like, where, what do you value as a team? Do you value that culture going forward or do you value those those draft picks, those lotto picks? I think the Pelicans already have enough young talent to where, you know, it's just a development season. Whatever happens, happens. You know, you get to that point where you honestly can have too much young talent. So I guess to answer your question, I'm kind of fine with whatever happens. What do you, what do you guys think that they should do? Because I know Corzimba was in a similar spot. Uh, yeah, I think with his play, I think in this situation you play competitively, not only because so that so there's of course the factor of that you don't want to build a losing culture. You don't want losing to get. You don't want guys to get used to losing. You don't want to, of course, incentivize losing. That's the last thing a player wants is to be like, oh, you know, our organization's trying to get a better draft pick. And so we're going to go out there and lose games. However, on top of that, like with the bull situation, you have to think that if you have a guy such as Zion, um, who luckily has a lot of, you know, years left on his contract, but a guy like Brendan Ingram too, um, or a guy like Zach Levine, who Zach Levine is you know, his contract is, was going to be up this summer, you know, hoping he stays with the Bulls now that we've been incredible. But with that in mind, those guys get unhappy. They can demand trades at, at, uh, like a Brandon Ingram can demand a trade whenever he wants to. We've seen it with Ben Simmons. Like you also don't want to build a losing culture for that. You don't want your stars to just get angrier and angrier and be like, what are we really doing here? I'm trying to win basketball games. I'm trying to win a championship. Are you just trying to get draft picks or what? So while we're here talking about losing cultures, did anybody catch what happened with the Houston Rockets a few days ago? With uh, Kevin Porter Jr. just having the meltdown and uh, leaving? Yeah. So, you know, it wasn't just KPJ, unfortunately. Christian Wood also 
got in on this whole thing and you know basically it, the whole thing started off a little sketch right so christian wood comes out for pre-game warm-ups and i got christian wood in fantasy so you know I'm, I'm just like what the heck is going on and all of a sudden he runs back to the locker room and we're like oh it's finally happening he's getting traded wood is gone yeah and it sucks it's it we've, we've we've gotten there because he's such a good talent he's such a great talent but you know he he's a little selfish and He's he's prone to mental lapses and and you know not not locking in on the on the defensive side of the basketball, so you know pretty much uh, you know Wood and KPJ they end up getting benched and they don't respond to the benching very well. Christian Wood basically just refuses to re-enter the game at halftime and then KPJ just completely leaves the game, which is something that you know I. It's, I don't want to say unheard of, especially considering we just saw what happened with Antonio Brown. Shout out to Microphone. Um, but it was something that you don't usually see and you don't usually see in the NBA. And what was also really crazy about this whole thing is that KPJ and John Lucas, who like is who KPJ had the altercation with, uh, John Lucas is a very well-respected assistant coach in the NBA. Like he's one of the best. And, you know, I've, I've heard from friends that train that like John Lucas is an alpha. He, he like like he talks, you listen. So, you know, there's there's a lot going on there. And I mean, the thing with Christian Wood is this this has been going on all season. And it goes back to that culture thing we were talking about. At what point do you have to make a move with KPJ or Christian Wood? How do you guys feel about this? Um, I think. Go ahead, Corzani. No, uh, so I, uh, Mike, you could talk about this. I've got thoughts on possible trade options. That'll <laughs> be my role here because <laughs> I'm I'm excited. Whenever this kind of stuff happens, you know, of course it's like oh dysfunction, yeah. But I'm I'm the NBA fan that's always like, okay, well, what could happen here? Boom, and there are some interesting Christian Wood trade scenarios that we're about to get into in a second. That I would love to hear those because I can't think I, of a Christian yes, Wood trade to save my life. Th I, I can't are, do exactly, it exactly. I couldn't either. So I, you know, I'm looking them up, and they are great. Okay, so what were you gonna say though, Mike? It's it's really funny because when I made the video on Antonio Brown, I was thinking, I wonder if he saw what Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood did and said, ooh, this might be a good idea. But in, in this instance, um, Kevin Porter Jr., I thought was a player that was going to be very vital to the Rockets culture coming in. I thought they were building around Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood. Then they kind of told John Wall, yo, John Wall, we're not going to play you at all. Maybe you can come off the bench if you'd like. And then like now it seems like there's kind of a fire sale going on and everyone is on the table except for the players that they like recently drafted. Like Christian Wood could be potentially traded. Kevin Porter Jr. I'm not really sure what his future is going to look like. Um, the jury's out on him. Apparently, like the Rockets knew that this is part of Kevin Porter Jr.'s um, personality. He could get really angry at times. Uh, it seems like uh, his head coach went ahead and said that he's an emotional guy, but he's a good kid. He owns up to his mistakes, and that's all you could really ask from a guy. So it seems like his coach knows what he's doing, but it's still not something you really want to see especially from a rebuilding Rockets team from one of your franchise cornerstones. So 
The number one sin in sports, in my opinion, is quitting on your team. I think once you quit on your team, the, there's no going back. Even Scottie Pippen, in his own book, said that he uh, he quit on his team when he pulled the whole, you know, Tony Kukoc benching himself. He said, I committed the number one sin in sports in his book where he blamed Michael Jordan for everything. He still took accountability for that. So I will say quitting on your team is always just to me something that is horrible. Like, I don't really know in what situation you leave at halftime. I mean, literally the Sports Illustrated article, first of all, is... The title is Rockets Need a Culture Reset. This is a Rockets team that just reset their entire team. You know, this is this is a new team. So to be like the Rockets need a culture reset this early on, that if I was a Rockets fan, I would be afraid. But yeah, it describes uh, Kevin Porter Jr. as hopping into is quite literally hopping into his car and leaving his team, basically. So, I mean, no matter what, honestly, at this point in time, uh, I'm not touching Kevin Porter if I'm any NBA team, maybe in a few years, you know, if he works things out, but he's already had, he already had so many problems as a Cavalier that despite being an obvious young talent that they needed and wanted, uh, a young talent that executives ranked as the number one prospect in the Cavaliers when he was a rookie over Colin Sexton and they just let him go because they just they knew he had behavior issues and he showed that in Cleveland and now again he's showing it in Houston when a person shows you their true colors listen so Kevin Porter Jr. when traded to Houston he had this quote he said I'm just in a better space a better role Houston just knew how to utilize me and nurture me and he even goes as far to say this organization saved my life now it's also worth noting that kpj was apologetic towards the rockets and the staff that he offended or you know whatever went down so you know um everybody's trying to you know just brush this aside you know it's just a bump i think silas even went as far to say you know this is just another bump in the road but to add on to what you said yeah it's it's a mess i, I think i saw somewhere too that uh, a rock a younger rockets player confronted christian wood and they're like Aren't you supposed to be the vet? Like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> right? Like, yeah, like, like, I mean, it's just unreal. And I also saw that Christian Wood has made a habit out of being late to team activities, whether it be like a game practices. And I'm just like, that's that's bad, especially considering, you know, Wood has been from team to team. You know, when I first saw him on the Pelicans, I'm like, this guy has the talent. So. You know, what's going on? Why is he like, we suck. Like, why Why are we letting Christian Wood go? He's a seven footer. He can shoot. He's a he's a freak athlete. He can dribble. But, you know, now I'm starting to see more and more that I guess talent's not everything. And this is the last thing the Rockets need, right? You know, you're trying to build a young team. You're trying to develop Jalen Green. You're trying all of that to have your veteran guy, you know, Christian Woods, what, 26, 27, but to have that guy, you know, act like this, to have Kevin Porter Jr., a guy that, you know, even if Kevin Porter Jr. isn't a veteran, he's an older player that plays around the same position as Jalen Green, you know, it's like that guy is going to have an influence on Jalen Green. To have these guys in your culture right now, I just think I agree with the Sports Illustrated article. I mean, you're trying to sweep it under the rug, but we always have to consider that when teams do sweep this under the rug, 
they still want to trade these guys even if they completely don't like them you know they are not going to go out if they're not the 76ers they're not going to throw people under the bus because they want to trade them and get pieces back they don't want to just completely destroy their trade value now maybe it's the case that they want to keep them that is certainly possible but we just have to also always consider that flip side of the coin that they might just be saying the right thing in order to you know ship them off yeah, so Eric Gordon actually had favorited a tweet, too, that said something along the lines. This was a while ago, like a few months ago, something along the lines of, I can't believe that Silas is my head coach. I'm like, yo, you can't do that. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's also like, interesting. Yeah, like, damn, damn. Yeah, it's like, crazy. Wow. Like, you know, tweets, are, you know, like, likes are public. Like, you know, people are going to see this. Like, it's crazy. So, Flight Mike, I have a question for you. Do you think that John Wall could help at all? in this Houston Rockets situation? I mean, I think in this situation, getting a guy like John Wall that just seems like he just wants to hoop. You know, like we were talking about Isaiah Thomas. I suggested he like transitioned to a coach's role and you guys suggest, uh, and I think Coop suggested that, hey, he just wants to play basketball. I feel like if you get a guy that just would appreciate playing the game, even though he's on a losing team, a former all-star that had to battle back from an Achilles tear, that is a very respected player in the NBA. He's a fairly good setup man, a really good playmaker. You surround him, um, you play him alongside like Christian Wood, uh, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., and just you know just let the dudes hoop then i think some good things uh some good things could happen i'm just shocked because it's the players that you expect to be the most poised that are currently stirring up the pot the most so one has to wonder what is going on with steven silas could he potentially be the problem is there a way that he's not able to reach these players or something about uh, along those lines that are that's going on because if you have Eric Gordon and Christian Wood getting upset and then John Wall isn't allowed to play, then you have to kind of like look at the situation and say what's going on. Maybe the Rockets are frustrated by the fact that they feel like they have the talent, but it seems like the Rockets might be trying to intentionally tank, sell their uh, they're putting Christian Wood in these trade talks, you know, so maybe the players are frustrated because of that. What do you guys think? I feel like the Rockets are putting themselves in a dangerous situation. I feel like everything that we've all ever heard about a losing culture, uh, this is what you don't want to do. Too many young guys, not enough veterans in the locker room. Like, literally, you're right. I mean, you know, when you consider John Wall, uh, John Wall is would be the vet, you would think. He'd be able to come in and help Jalen Green. It's very strange that that wasn't the role that the Rockets tried to get him to be. Like, if you think about it, he's an all-star point guard who should be theoretically a great mentor. Now, I say theoretically because, you know, we love to pair veteran players with younger players and immediately, like, hope that they'll help out the guy. That's not always the case. The NBA is, you know, a professional league. Sometimes guys are just professionals and don't really care about, you know, the young guy and helping him. They're like, you're going to take my job. I'm not going to really help you. But regardless of any of that, you know, there are plenty of veterans to go around. We've been seeing veterans signed left and right, left and right. Get some veterans in this locker room. Get some, you know, older guys to help the younger guys. This is just not a good situation. It's not what you want. 
This is not how you build up a team with young talent. This is how you waste young talent. And this is how you become a situation, not to throw anyone under the bus, but Sacramento Kings have not made the playoffs in what, like 15 seasons or something? Like since Chris Webber was on the team? I mean, freaking Sacramento Kings have done exactly this. They've just built a poor culture. They've collected talent, but they can't do anything with it because their culture's horrible. No one wants to coach there. No one wants to go there at free agency. You don't want to be this team. So have, I would have say, you, you know, actually seen some of Gentry's like quotes from no. the Sacramento yeah. kick. They are, they're I bad. See. You got a mic like they're, they're really um, bad. So Gentry had one quote and look, I mean, if this is true, holy crap. If anybody like if this is actually a quote, holy crap. So the quote is, if anybody needs me, I'll be at home drinking. That is a mouthful from Sacramento Kings coach. Alvin Gentry. <laughs> it's so funny. The- what you put, to be honest with you, I really have no idea what to say. It was just embarrassing. That's the only fa- phrase. That's the only phrase I think you can use is embarrassing. That's their coach. <laughs> this is the most disappointed I've been in 34 years in the NBA. Oh my! Oh <laughs> I can my. honestly we talk about Doc that. Rivers, but like, how can you say this? Like, this is crazy, <laughs> bro. That yeah, that like, I mean. If he's saying it like this man's been through it, you know, he's had some pretty he's coached some pretty bad teams, unfortunately, too. So for maybe he's trying this, maybe he's trying to get fired. Maybe he wants that check and to bounce because I I can't Mm. think of any other reason you'd say this. This isn't constructive. This is if I'm a Kings player and I see this, I'm like, like, yo, like, get me out of here. Yeah, well, well, I, I, I mean, honestly, uh, let's let's talk about the Kings more in depth next pod because I do think that there is some stuff to talk about there, especially with De'Aaron and Halliburton. There's some good guys there that, you know, uh, again with the talent potentially being wasted, we don't want to see, we never want to see an NBA player's career get wasted. Now, in terms of Christian Wood, though, coming back for a second. So before I read this out, because we did say we didn't really know any Christian Wood trades. Do either of you do either of you have any ideas or any thoughts as to some teams that might be interested? No idea. Absolutely no idea when it comes to wood. I'm just going to automatically put my Lakers in every trade discussion whatsoever. Is there a trade that my Lakers can make to save their season here? All right, Mike. So funny enough you say that because after the drama with Christian Wood, we now have a possible Los Angeles Lakers trade that could save LeBron and the Lakers season. Christian Wood for Taylor Horton Tucker, Kent Bazemore, and a future first round pick. Do the Rockets say yes to that? Do the Lakers say yes to that? What are your guys' thoughts? I say the Lakers... 100% 100% say yes to that. I know we love Talon Horton Tucker, but we're at the point where we're wasting the final few years of LeBron James's career. He's playing at a remarkable pace this year, and it's really sad to see it going to waste so far. So we need to do something to get him a little bit of extra help. I really do wonder what Christian Wood's trade value is. I mean, if it's sunk that bad, then holy crap. If I'm the Los Angeles Lakers, I guess you kind of have to or really want to make a move. But at the same time, freaking Christian Wood has made so many bad habits a thing in Houston. Look, I just don't know. I'll say two things. I'll say two things here. I'll say one. I feel like if there was a place to fix Christian Wood's bad habits, it would be with LeBron. However, midseason, we saw Andre Drummond come in last year. Did not work out. I mean, it's hard to fix bad habits in the middle of the year. So 
so that would be concerning but two i'm gonna say this will never happen Taylor Horner tucker i do not think is nearly worth a package for christian wood i to this day am in shock that they the lakers did not give him up for kyle lowry i have not seen anything that suggests that he is this type of talent that the lakers were hyping up last year i think we're both talking about like just two players that have absolutely sunk their value again is there any other team that we could see christian wood going to um so in terms of other teams that might make a trade for christian wood so i have a few here these are actually um more legitimate trades i would say than the los angeles lakers so here are three other trade suggestions we have christian wood trade to the washington wizards all right so we've got davis bertans denny avdia two future second round picks for christian wood and daniel tice so that would be you know young former draft pick uh with talent for big man uh to you know pair with bradley beal of course and the rest of the guys if i'm the rock actually a sign me up go ahead mike that's a real that's a really solid trade actually it kind of fits in with what the washington wizards are doing getting like very underrated high like in my opinion like very underrated but very high quality players um, signing them on to play with Bradley Beal to hopefully be able to surprise some teams. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, headed into this season, I would have valued Christian Wood more. Again, all this is, you know, scaring me. But I will say, what is Christian Wood's contract right now? Because the last thing you want to do is with a, you know, veteran that in the past has had, you know, very high trade value. All right, so he expires in 2023. So... He'd be an expiring contract next year. Not at all crazy to trade him. Yeah, you might actually want to. We might very well see a Christian Wood trade coming very soon or by the trade deadline. Because if he expires next year, his value is going to go down just naturally based on that. So that's a cool trade. But I feel like we should rank these because there are two other ones. So like just to compare, because if I feel like the I feel like this other team, these other two teams might definitely make offers because the other two teams are the Portland Trailblazers and the Charlotte Hornets. So the Portland Trailblazers, it would be Robert Covington and Anthony Simons for Christian Wood. Yeah, I don't I don't like that that much. I mean, I'd definitely give me Denny Avdia if the Washington Wizards are, I don't want to say that dumb, but yeah. So you're that high on Avdia. Yeah, I'm very high on Avdia. And I think the Washington Wizards already have a promising young big in Gafford. And I mean, on top of that, it's just christian like what do you like if you're the wizards what makes you think he's just magically going to turn it around for you you're not going to be good enough to contend or you know make the finals with christian wood you're still a christian wood from being a christian wood away you know gets you closer yeah closer to the sixth seed could also influence uh, bradley beal staying if that's what you want what like i just reached this point with teams where it's like just do something different no, 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 I'm with you. I I agree overall that I've I've you know agreed forever that the the wizard should just uh rebuild. But I'm saying like if their motive is stick around and you know continue to be a playoff team, and if Bradley Beal does want to stay here, and if that's what they want, then I do understand why this trade would make sense. Um, I think it's uh 
I think it's a fantastic way to keep Bradley Beal in Washington. And I don't really, I don't know. I'm starting to see Bradley Beal as Damian Lillard 2.0. Like he's going to be remarkably loyal to Washington. Enjoy the fact that they're trying to build a team around him, accept these crazy max contract offers, ball out and be allowed to play his game and not have to defer to other superstar players. on. What do you team. guys think Christian Wood is averaging right now? Points per game. Six. You can't ask six, me because I've been looking at. Yeah. Stuff, so he's averaging yeah, yeah, I was looking 16, at it. 17 points per game. Um, he's comes with a bunch of bad habits. He doesn't play defense. He is a ball stopper. A lot of times for the Houston Rockets, he wants to be the guy. So you know, if he goes to Washington, there's a good chance the same the same stuff is going to happen. Uh, with the Washington Wizards that happened with the Houston Rockets. There are some possessions. I love it. He plays just like me at LA Fitness. He gets the rebound. Dribbles down court, no passes. Takes a shot. (laughs) He does do that, and it's insane. I noticed it when uh, you know the Rockets were playing the Bulls. I was I I thought because you know I'm not watching you know every Houston Rocket game. uh, I thought that that was because their guards were out because Porter and uh, and Green were both out at the time, but. If that's what he does all the time, yeah, it did not look right. It, it reminded me of very old school Chicago Bulls when Joachim Noah, when he was like a younger player, would try to do that multiple times to dribble up the court. And one in 10, it would work, but he always turned the ball over trying to do it. So Shingun is so good that I'm at the point to that if the Rockets get any positive assets back for Wood, it's crazy W, just good stuff. Houston, like you're you're on the right track. Okay, so we have the Hornets as well. Um, and so the Charlotte Hornets is your, uh, your boy, James Booknight's involved oh. with PJ P. Washington and Kelly Oubre Jr. for Christian Wood and Daniel House Jr. And the number one line on this is this might seem like a little bit too much for the Hornets to pay. That's until we realize they're getting out of Oubre's contract for the next year. He is not paying down in reserve role. So yeah, so basically... They would get out of Uber's contract on top of that. Does PJ Washington come uh, come with Brittany Renner, or do the Charlotte Hornets keep Brittany Renner? Um, she she's for the team now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I wonder why they think Uber hasn't panned out. I haven't watched as many Charlotte games as I would have liked, but I mean, he's been having sort of a resurgence this year from everything that I've been seeing, just highlight wise. So, you know, that's that's really interesting. On top of that, the Hornets have one of the worst defenses in the league. And I guess if, you know, you just admit that you're not going to fix it. Yeah, just screw it. Go all in on Christian Wood because they can use a blob threat, you know, big that can, you know, block a few shots. Hey, maybe he locks Kelly, in Lamelo. I don't, I don't know. Kelly Oubre has been playing pretty much uh, just slightly better than last year. He boosted his three-point percentage by 5%, which is pretty big. But the problem that the Hornets have is they have way too many guards. Like, way too many. And they just drafted nah, James Booknight. And- Oubre was like, like he was an albatross almost in Golden State. Like, they hated him. There's I, I, I refuse to believe. Like, he's just slightly better from last year. I've actually seen some Hornets fans be, like, pretty excited about his play. But... His field goal percentage is down. What's up? His field goal percentage is uh, is up by like 1%, but his three-point percentage is up by 5%. That's a massive increase. That could be the difference between like guys just letting you shoot and, hey, I'm I'm a league average shooter. Like 5%, that's that's like from going from 36 to 41. If he was shooting 42% from three, 
be like, yo, everybody got to have Kelly Oubre, you know? So looking at this, um, Kelly Oubre currently is not a part of the top five man rotation. Like the uh, most, the Kelly Oubre is not a part of the five man combo that is, you know, normally on the court. That is LaMelo, Miles Bridges, Gordon Hayward, Plumlee, and Rozier. Um, there's a giant drop off after that. And, but it doesn't look like Kelly Oubre is anything of a negative. It looks like he is just, you know, kind of just in the middle, not really doing, I, I, I feel like it's more of a situation. I wouldn't say, you know, he's underperformed or anything like that. I just would say like, yeah, you can trade him. You know, it's, it's not going to kill your team if you do. Yeah. That being said too, I don't like his fit with Houston. Also another guard. Uh, to be honest, I don't really like Kelly Oubre's fit anywhere from just being completely honest because yeah, I've watched fair. multiple Hornets games and like a lot like when the Hornets are rolling, when they're just crushing it, like the ball's moving, they're exciting, they've got all this stuff. I feel like Kelly Oubre is like one of the rare ball stoppers on that team. Like the ball goes to him and he's like more of an ISO guy. I mean, maybe I'm just completely wrong, but in the Hornets games I've watched this year, that's always what I've got. And that also could be just my feelings from him as a warrior. Speaking of guys that might not fit into the team that they're currently playing on. Did you hear that Ben Simmons has currently lost $10 million this season in fines? Yeah, I remember when there was this like report that came out about him pretty much going broke, which I felt like was very exaggerated. But when you're leaving $10 million on the table, and apparently like the report stated that the man bought a brand new mansion in Philadelphia, buys a brand new car every month. And you couldn't imagine with the amount of money he's made throughout his career, how, how expensive those cars are. What the hell is Ben Simmons doing? <laughs> Whoa. 10 million 10 million bro that's a lot of money dude i don't think i'm gonna make 10 million in my entire career bro at what yeah at one point do we just all turn on ben simmons because we actually look at that 10 million dollars and go oh my god that would set me up for my entire life bro that's my biggest problem with ben simmons honestly like i just feel like he's like for lack of a better way of saying it and pardon my french but i think he's just a whiny little spoiled bitch like honestly if you have a, if you have a job in the NBA, you're the number one overall pick. You're one of the franchise cornerstones on a contending team. Your coach was an idiot and called you out on national TV. Okay, get over it. It's not worth losing ten million dollars over. Yeah, I just show up and sabotage. I like James Harden. We're like you know, I just be a mess. You wouldn't even want me there. You kick me off the team before anything else again the way for ben simmons to leave philadelphia right now is to rejoin the team and shoot a three-pointer every single time he touches the ball everyone will boo joel Embiid might punch him but there's nothing against the rules about that and i'm sure they'll trade him very soon if he does that i don't think people would boo i i don't think people like if no. i saw You're him attempting you have yeah. not well, been philadelphia to the, you haven't been to ruthless. the Sixers. i've been there philadelphia multiple times they so boo ruthless. people no i mean for shooting a three i wouldn't boo no they booed robert they literally they boo guys on their own team like furkan and robert covington come to mind like they would miss three shots in a row or two or three shots in a row booze raining down on them they are brutal so they literally just booed tobias harris the other night and after tobias scored he said don't effing clap don't effing clap 
<laughs> I love it. That's so intense. So with with that said, though, guys, we are very excited to say that we are up in our game. We're going from one podcast to two. The new post dates are going to be on Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, I'm very excited for this. I have been, you know, I've been wanting to do two pods for a while. What are you guys thinking? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> now, honestly, um, when we started this pod almost a year ago, you know, it seemed like all of us seemed really motivated to really put out the best podcast in the realm of basketball out there for you guys and lifestyle. And the support has been incredible so far. So from the bottom of our hearts, guys, thank you so much to all the day one members of the Laced Up podcast that supported us. All of those that went ahead, left some reviews for us on Spotify and Apple suggested ideas to make the podcast even better this is all for you guys we're really excited to go to two pods a week we hope you guys enjoy the additional content and thank you so much for supporting us could, honestly couldn't have said it better good job good, good. awesome yeah it's, did I he just become like, like number one no i I'm said 